Praise the Lord. Welcome in to another Sower of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's continue to remember each and every one that has, that is or has been uh, affected by this coronavirus. Uh, continue to pray for all of our frontline fighters, our uh, nurses, CNAs, healthcare workers, and doctors, and uh, all of our first responders. Let's remember all of those. Um, I got to figure out firsthand this week um, about COVID-19. Um, son-in-law came in for Christmas, and or Christmas, Thanksgiving, and then when he went back, he called and said that he had contacted COVID-19 while he was up here and uh, had exposed my wife and I to it. So we have been stuck in the house with each other for six days now. I uh, got one more to go, but uh, we are we did test negative, so I thank the good Lord for that. But let's remember all those that are affected by this. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this another privilege, dear God, to to God, to bound to call upon your name and to know, dear God, beyond a shadow of a doubt that you hear and answer our prayers, dear God. And God, I just pray, Lord, that you would just touch me, dear God, Lord, that you would just touch my mind and my lips, dear God, and Lord, that you would speak through me, dear God, the words that you would have me to speak, dear God. And God, that you would just help those, Lord, that are are listening to this podcast, God, that you will just lift them up, dear God, and strengthen them and help them to get closer to you, dear God. And Lord, I pray that if there be anyone, dear God, that is lost without you that's listening, God, I pray, Lord, that you would just, God, just move upon those hearts, dear God, touch those hearts and minds, dear God, Lord, that they will give their life to you before it's eternally too late. And God, just be with each and every one affected by this coronavirus, Lord. Uh, whether they're sick or a family member of someone that is sick or, dear God, frontline nurses, CMAs, and, and front, uh, first responders and the doctors, Lord, just be with each and every one of them. God, put a hedge of protection around them and, and touch them, dear God, and be with them. And bless them, dear God, for the work that they're doing, dear God, putting themselves in danger, Lord, so that others may be healed. God, I thank you and I praise you for everything. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, I talk many a time about being out in the middle of the Sahara and, and nobody around, it seems like the Lord has left you and everything. As I was doing some research uh, a couple of days ago, I, I come up on this uh, thing. It was 10 beautiful verses to remind you that God is with us. And as I got to reading this, and and this goes along with this, what the Lord has been speaking and and uh, my podcast about doing his will and him always being there and and I know I have been to that point to where that I feel like I am alone that that nobody's around my uh you know uh the people that are around you they they don't understand or or they they can't help you all these different things that goes through our mind they just don't realize what it is that I'm going through at that time that's that's the one thing that that a lot of us think when we get in those 
those positions where it feels like everybody has forgotten us, even the Lord. We can't even, we can't even pray. It seems like our prayers are not going no farther than our head. But, you know, this is this is the one time, and I always remember, this is the one time that we need to praise the Lord and we need to worship the Lord more than ever. It's when we get into these positions. But we're going to start out in Psalms 100, 1 through 5. It's the whole chapter of Psalms 100. And this is a psalm of praise. And David wrote, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. There are, there are a very few scriptures in the Bible that should uh, be more comforting than the promises, promise of God's presence with his people. He, said, he's, he tells us in many places of how that he will, he's always there for us. But unfortunately, in the midst of our chaotic life and uh, many of us forget these promises and we forget uh, that the Lord is truly with us and, and we get to the point to where that we get caught up, so caught up in life that uh, we really forget about the Lord sometimes and we, we forget to praise him and we forget to tell him that we love him. And, you know, this this is, <laughs> I found myself in the same position. So, you know, you don't don't need to worry because I know for a fact that everybody gets into this position at some point in time. Just the place to where that we get that that we just we would get caught up in life and we walk away from the Lord. That's and uh, it's it's not that we have sinned or anything. It's just that we haven't took the time to do to pray to study and to talk to the Lord like we should have. But, you know, we, we begin to feel abandoned and, and left behind by God. And for times when you may feel alone or feel that God has turned his back on you, here's 10 verses that promise that God is with us. There's really more than 10, but I want you to, I want you to get the 10 verses anyway. In Matthew, uh, in Matthew's birth narrative of Jesus, he writes in Matthew chapter 1, Verse 22 and 23. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And Jesus' name, you know, Jesus, our Savior, our Lord and Savior Jesus, he's got many names. Uh, and each name is is uh, connected to a need that we need. And the one need that we're going to want to talk about today is the fact that we need to have God with us at all times and lead and guide and direct us. We need to have him with us. So his name means, his name Emmanuel, it means God is with us. In other words, he's all time with us. 
The promise of God himself coming to earth in the flesh is confirmed by the name he is to take, Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. When Jesus came to earth, he ensured that God's presence would be in the world forevermore. And his very name symbolizes that promise. You know, Jesus Jesus could have come down to this earth, uh, you know, just all of a sudden just showed up and, and worked some miracles and, and uh, then uh, hung on the cross, become the ultimate sacrifice, and, and that had been it. But no, that's not the way that they wanted it. I've, I've, I've said this many times. I ain't got Bible to back this up. It's just a thought that came to me one day. But I can just imagine Jesus and our Heavenly Father sitting on the throne and he looking down on man as he, they were doing all these sacrifices, these animals and everything, and how much time that it took and, and what all was involved in it. And they got to, they got to talking about a better way. And... God told, the Heavenly Father told Jesus that he needed to go down and he needed to become the ultimate sacrifice. And, and Jesus told his Father, he said, Father, he said, I need to spend time with these people. I need to know just exactly what it's like to be these people. So when that they come to me for help, I know just exactly how to help them. So he came to this earth. He was born of a virgin he grew up on this earth. He walked on this earth. He knows just exactly what it's like to be me and you. Yeah, he didn't have all the things that we have today, all the uh, uh, people want to call them the, the, the niceties of life, but you know, sometimes I wonder about that, but he didn't have all the conveniences that we have today. Uh, but, of course, Jesus... He never even had a, a home. He never even had a place to lay down. He never had a place to, to go to to where he could get away from everybody. He was always, people were always around him. It doesn't matter what day, time of day or night. There was always somebody around him. But that's what he came for. He came to show those people, those people that were down and out, those people that were lost in their sins, he came to show those people a better life. And he is still wanting to do that. But instead of him doing it himself, he picked out these uh, 12 apostles, the 12 disciples, and he taught them uh, how to minister unto people. And then he sent them out to minister unto the world. And when he got all that set in order to where that, uh, that the people themselves could take over where he left off, he died upon the cross. He became the ultimate sacrifice. And he went back and sat down. He went back to heaven and sat down at the right hand of the Father. And he's there today making the intercession for you and I because he knows just exactly what it's like to be me and you. He knows what it's like. And he will always be there. He will never leave us. Number two, John 14, 16, and 17. We know that Jesus, Jesus is no longer physically present on earth. He, like I said, he, he's at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and I. But that doesn't mean that he is no longer present in the world. His, his spirit 
dwells in each and every one of us as children of God. When we got saved and we asked God, asked the Lord to forgive us of our sins and to come into our lives and to uh, live in our hearts and to direct our lives and teach us and show us how to walk, that, that right there is his presence that is inside of us. And lost my place. And he promised his disciples that God would send another who would be with them, the Holy Spirit. So see, not only his spirit is here with us, but when he left, he sent another one. In John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17, this is Jesus. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not neither knoweth him but ye know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you jesus knew that he was leaving jesus knew that we were going to need something just a little bit extra to help us to get through and to make it to all the way to heaven so he promised the holy spirit would come to be present with God's people forever. See, now before Jesus died upon the cross, there was only one person that could actually go to our Heavenly Father. Now, he, he dwelt in the holy place in the tabernacle, the most holy place. And there was only one person, and he couldn't go in but once a year. Now then... When Jesus died upon the cross, that veil in that tabernacle was, was ripped in two from the top to the bottom. So now everybody has access to God through Jesus Christ, his son, at any time. It's not, it's not just a once-a-year thing, a once-a-month thing, a once-a-week thing. It's as many times as you need something from our Heavenly Father. You can go through, go to Him through Jesus Christ, the Son. In fact, Jesus told His disciples that it was a whole lot better for Him if He did go away. Because if He didn't go away, He couldn't send the Comforter. In John 16 and 7, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now, now we know that Jesus is all-powerful. And uh, he's, he's everywhere in the, in the world. He can be moving uh, right where you are, and he can be moving a, mil, a thousand miles away at the same time. But when Jesus was in his physical body, he was, he was limited to a, to a point of where he could move at and what he could do. But when he left, he, he was all over the world. When he died upon that cross and he went back to heaven and sat down at the right hand of the Father, he was all over the world. At any point in time, a um, um, thousand miles away from us, 
he can be moving at the same time that he's moving in our lives. He is not restricted whatsoever anymore. And he said, I've got to go away. I've got to do this thing. I've got to go because if I don't go, you all are not really going to be better off. It's, it's, you all are going to be a lot better off if I do go. Because then not only will I be making intercession for you, but I'm going to send you another comforter that's going to work with you and, and, and me and the Father, and we're all going to work together to your good. Even though he's not here, his presence dwells all over the world in his people, and he will always be with us. Number three, in the Old Testament, God promised a new covenant with his people through the prophet Jeremiah. God said in Jeremiah 31, 31 and 33, 31 through 33, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it upon their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my, pe my people. God promises faithfulness with his people. If God tells you he's going to be there, he's going to be there. You can count on that. If I tell you I'm going to be there at a certain time on a certain date, mm, I'm going to do everything within my power to be there. But they may, there is things comes up in this life that I may, I may not be able to make it there at that time. But I will let you know. But see, we can always count. If God says he's going to do something and he's going to be somewhere, He's going to be there. You can count on it. This was a Masonic prophecy, a promise of the new covenant that we have with Jesus. The old covenant was passed away. We don't have to do the animal sacrifices anymore. Now we have to do the spiritual sacrifices, the physical sacrifices, the putting off of all the worldly things, putting on the new man, putting on the spiritual things, and following Christ. But God has continued to make good on his promise to always be our God, and he will never fail to be with us. Number four. With the final verse of Matthew's gospel, he records Jesus' last words spoken while still on earth. The conclusion of the Great Commission, after charging his apostles to make disciples of all nations, he promised in Matthew 28 and 20, teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Excuse me. Amen. Jesus said, I want you to go out and I want you to teach everybody what I've taught you. I want you to be Whatever I have commanded you and whatever I have taught you, you tell everybody else. 
and don't worry about anything because I am with you always. I will walk beside you the whole time, no matter what comes uh, before you, not what comes upon you. I am going to be there. Don't you worry about nothing. He left this earth with a simple promise that he'd always be there. He'd never fail us. He'd never leave us. While Jesus' physical presence is no longer here, he is in within his people through the Holy Spirit, and he will never leave nor forsake those who follow him. So any time that we get to the point that we think that, that God has left us and, and our family don't want nothing to do with us and, and the dog's trying to bite us, just remember, the Lord is there. And, you know, I, I found out one thing. When I get to the point to where that I feel like that I can't pray or my prayers are not going no farther in my head, the one thing that I found out is spend some time and just praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for what you have got. And, and praise him for, for what he has done for you and how, and what he has brought you out of and where he has brought you to. And the next thing you know, the, 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 you feel the presence of the Lord and he's right there. And then you can take your, your petitions to him and ask him whatever it was that you wanted to pray for in the first time. Number five, until the coming of Jesus, God's people had to travel to wherever the tabernacle was or eventually to Jerusalem, to the temple, in order to be in God's presence. Like I said before, God's presence was in the hope, the most holy place in the temples and the tabernacles. And if you wanted to be close to, to, close to him, you had to be, go to the tabernacles and the temples, and, and, and that may require you traveling all the way to uh, Jerusalem from wherever you were at. We don't have to do that anymore. Paul reminds the Christians in Corinth that we do not have to make the journey to Jerusalem anymore. We don't have to. We don't have to, to travel nowhere to talk to Jesus. We don't have to travel anymore to ask him for anything. We don't, I'll, you know, we just have to take that and just go to that place to where that we can, we can um, talk to the Lord without all kinds of distractions and everything. Because he's right there with us. God has come to us through the Holy Spirit. Jesus has come, is in our lives. If we, if we have asked him to forgive us of our sins, he's, he should be in our hearts and he should be directing our lives. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We, are, we belong to God. If we have given our heart and life to Jesus, we belong to him. He, he is the one that we should be following. He is the one that we should be uh, 
trying to please, and he is the one that we should be uh, we should be wanting to be proud of us, not man. Man can't do nothing, a whole lot for us, not as much as Jesus can. But we don't have to travel anymore. He's right there. All we have to do is just call upon his name. Number six. In Psalms 139, David reflects on God's intimate knowledge of him. The key theme throughout the song is how God, how God knows David. And he knows his people with a depth and intimacy that we, we, can't even, we can't even fathom. David writes in Psalms 139.7, Whether shall I go from thy spirit, or whether shall I flee from thy presence? David is asking is, where, where can I go to get away from you? Where can, you know, hit the, I believe it was David. He, he he tried to go down in the in the deepest, darkest cave he could. Uh, he's tried everything in every possible way to get away from the uh, get away from God. And every time he gets to a point to where that he thinks he is, then he figures out that God's right there with him. He followed him wherever you go. The Lord is right there beside of you. It doesn't matter where you go. You can't escape His presence. And he's always with us. And he's always watching over us. Now then, if we want his help, we have got to submit ourselves to him and let him work in us. Number seven, Ephesians 2 and 18. Paul reminds the church at Ephesus that through Jesus, through Christ, we have unprecedented access to God the Father. Ephesians 2.18 For through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. And you know, you know that's, that's the good thing about it. It's not one Spirit for me and a different Spirit for you and a different Spirit from, for somebody else. If we're going to go to heaven and we want to get in touch with the Lord on this earth and we want uh, and we want something of Him, we all have to go through the same Spirit. We all have to go through the same line, and it is a party line. But the thing about it, I don't know how many of you all remember back years ago when we had party lines on the telephones, and you go to use a telephone, pick it up, and you can get in on somebody else's conversation. That's not the way it is with with the Lord. We're on a party line. All the Christians have a direct line at any time, day or night, to Jesus. But the thing about it is, they can be a couple million people talking, people talking to Jesus at one time, and He understands each and every one of us, and He works on each and every one of His requests and petitions, and He never gets them mixed up. Never gets them mixed up, you know. I'm I'm doing good chew chewing gum and walk sometimes, but he can listen to millions of people answer those people's those people's prayer requests and never get them mixed up. He is he is always there for us, and we have access 
24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. You know, we don't have to take a number. You know, a lot of times when you go to the DMV, especially around here, you've got to take a number and you've got to wait till they call that number. You know, when when Jesus calls my number, I, the only number that, I, that, he, that I'll ever know that he's going to call, and when he calls my number, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm going to heaven. Because when he calls that roll, I'm on that roll, and I'm going to heaven. Ephesians 3, 11, and 12. According to the internal purpose, which he purposed in Christ, Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith in him. We have access how? With boldness and confidence. We have access. We got to remember who we are. You know, that that's that's man that's children our uh, Christians main problem is really figuring out who we are. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, Christ does not care how much money you've got or how little money you've got. Jesus don't care if you live in a mansion or a shack on a hill. He doesn't matter. He doesn't, he doesn't care if you drive uh, a Beamer or a, a beat up Volkswagen that's a hundred years old. That, that's not what Jesus is about. Jesus is about your soul. Jesus is about taking care of you. Jesus is about you worshiping him and doing his will. That's what he's worried about. He worries about our well-being really more than we do because he cares for us and he knows exactly what it takes for us to get by in this world. And he was, the Bible says he'll supply our every need. So what are we worried about? The western wall of the temple remains the holiest site in the world for Jews, for Jews because on the other side of the wall is the Holy of Holies. That was a place where God's presence dwelt on earth prior to Christ. Only the high priest was allowed into the Holy of Holies and only once a year. And he had to be uh, without spot, without any sin whatsoever in his life. As a matter of fact, when they made his robe, the high priest's robe, when they made the high priest's robe, they put bells on the bottom of his robe. So when he went into the most holy place and he was walking around, they could hear those bells ringing and know that everything was all right. And he went in there once a year. But when Jesus died on the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, we have direct access to the Father through Jesus, and we don't have to go through uh, we don't have to go through any father here on this earth. We don't have to go through any priest here on this earth. We have the ability to, Wherever we are at, it doesn't matter where we are at, we have the ability to get in touch with our Father at any time, day or night, no matter where we're at, through Jesus and through the Holy Spirit.
in ways that God's people have never had before. Not only was God come to us, but he has opened himself up to us that we may approach him at any time. Matthew eleven twenty eight and 30. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, I don't know how many of you all have ever seen a yoke of oxen or, but uh, they take uh, most of the time. Well, back in back in G- the days of Jesus and the apostles and everything, it was made out of wood, and they would take and they would fix these things. They had a, a big old long piece of wood, and it was split in half, had a hinge on one end and a way to to keep it closed on the other end, and it had holes cut out in it, and they would put these over the oxen's necks and and put it together so that these ox could move as one and any time that you turn one you turn the other that's the way that we need to be with christ we need to be yoked with christ to to the to the point that when he says turn we turn and when he says stop we stop and when he says go we go that's what we need that is the way that we need to be you know, I, I, if you go through the Bible and, and you read the Bible, you want to figure out that Jesus taught a lot in parables. And now these parables were stories or instances of uh, he took the things of heaven and he broke them down into earthly terms to where everybody could understand them. And that's the way he taught. And that's that's the reason why that in this verse right here, he said, he said, take my yoke upon you. In other words, be yoked with me because, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly, and ye shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And he's, he's saying, come unto me and find rest, really. Now, we find rest. I, you know, it, it's... Uh, it, I don't know exactly how to explain it, but there's the. It seems like that I have just as many trials and things come against me now that I am a Christian as before when I was in in sin. They were they are just different, but they don't affect me as much because I know that I have a Father who can take care of everything. And I don't have to worry with that stuff, and I don't have to be concerned with that stuff because he's told me, he said, bring all my cares unto him. And he said, come unto me, all you that are laboring and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's a rest that uh, even though we are still doing the things in this world that we've already, uh, we've always done, it's still... It's still not as taxing on our mind and our spirit as when we were out in sin. Number eight. In this song of worship, David sings out a single yet profound truth. And, and David writes in Psalms 145:18, The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, 
to all that call upon him in truth. He's always nigh. For all for all who are followers of God, he's near. He's present. He never leaves his people. This is this is the truth. This is the amazing truth. I know it seems like that sometimes he leaves us, but he really doesn't. It's just that we have for some reason we have become uh, disconnected to him. He's always right there beside of us. He's always watching out for us. But for some reason, we we have become uh, temporarily disconnected. But he's always right there. And this is the one thing that we need to hold on to, especially in troubled times is to to get that put in the back of our minds and get it planted in the back of our, our minds, even though that we can't feel him, even though our prayers aren't going no higher in our heads, he's right there with us. He knows everything that we're doing. He knows the thoughts of our heart. He knows everything that, about us. He is right there. This is a great verse to memorize, especially for Christians who are more prone to feeling abandoned by God than others. But we all, I, I don't, I don't know of a, a Christian yet that I that I have ever talked to that has not went through that time, when they feel abandoned by everybody, including the Lord. This short phrase from David is short, simple, and a great reminder to hold on for the future. We need to remember this and hide this in the back of your mind. You won't regret it. Number nine, in this verse, the author of Hebrews reminds his audience of a resounding truth that God's people ought to never forget. He writes, Hebrews 13 and 5, Let your conversation be without covetance, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, Jesus, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. I will never leave you. He will never walk away from us. If we have, if there is distance between us and the Lord, it is because we have put it there. It's not because the Lord has walked away from us. He, when we walk away from the Lord, he stops right where he's at. He's, he's, he's right there waiting on us to figure out that what we have done and to turn around and start back after him. But the thing about it is, is when we start back to him, he don't stand there and wait on us to come back to him. When we start back, he comes to meet us. So, yes, he, he will never leave us, and he will be right there exactly where we left him. It's easy to get caught up in worry and 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 lose trust in the Lord because he he didn't move as fast as we thought to, or he didn't move the way that we thought he ought to, or he uh, he just he just I don't know what's wrong. He's just not answering my prayers. But he will answer your prayers in his time and not our time. But he promises to never leave us hanging. He'll always be there. And he's always led us back toward himself. He always shows us the way back to him. He, he's that shining light in the darkness that, that can now not be put out. It will always be shining. 
The author of Matthew in chapters 5, 6, and 7 echoes Jesus' famous teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. You remember the Sermon on the Mount. That's where Jesus sat down on the mountain and he taught this multitude of people that was around him. And in Matthew 6 and 33, the one thing that Jesus says in the Beatitudes, if you want to call it that, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now then, if you've ever wondered why that your prayers are not getting answered, if the Lord is not blessing you, if the Lord is not meeting your needs and you are just really struggling just super hard to to make it from one day to the next, here's a good thing for you to do. Find out, take do a spiritual checkup and find out just exactly where you stand with the Lord. Because this is the key to salvation. This is the key to following the Lord. But seek ye first. The first thing you do is seek the kingdom of God. Seek after the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His righteousness. Not our righteousness. Not the pastor's righteousness. Not the Sunday school teacher's righteousness. But our righteousness. And if we do that, he promises that all these things will be added unto us. God will never forsake you. He may not do what you want when you want it, but he will never leave you. He will always be there, and he will always provide your needs. Philippians 4.19 But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, according to his riches in glory. And let me tell you something. There's more riches in one square foot of heaven than there is in this whole world put together. Revelation uh, number 10. Jesus wants a close, intimate relationship with each of his followers. Through his death and resurrection, he made this possible, and he takes the initiative to seek each of us out. Jesus says to the church in Laodicea, in Revelations 3 and 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. You know, the pastor pointed out something the other day that I, I had never had never really paid attention to. But if you look at a lot of the, uh, the pictures and the drawings and everything of Jesus standing at a door and he's knocking on the door, if you'll take a, t- take a moment or two and examine that, most of those pictures, there's no doorknob on that door. The reason why there is no doorknob on that door is because he is not going to open that door and come in. You have to open it from the inside and let him in. He is, he's a perfect gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you. But he will stand at the door and knock and he will offer. Now then, we've got to make the move. 
Jesus does not simply wait around for us to come to him. He knocks on our door. He makes the first move. He seeks you out for relationship, and he's waiting for you to open the door to him. Jesus wants to be present with you in the most intimate places, and he seeks you out to make that happen. I didn't go looking for the Lord when I got saved. He came looking for me. God's presence is something that all followers take for granted at one time or another. I've done it, and I'm sure everybody else has done it. However, the Bible reminds us constantly of God's enduring presence here with us. God wants a close, personal relationship with each and every one of us, and he makes every effort to achieve that relationship. Next time you're feeling like God has abandoned you, read these 10 scriptures. I hope you wrote all these down. And remember that God has not left you and he never will. I mean, he, there's promises all through the Bible that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He's always right there. All we have to do is call out. And, you know, but we've got to make that first move. God is not going to force himself on us. Like I said, he's a perfect gentleman. He's not going to force himself on us. We've got to make the first move. He come and sought us out. Now then, he, he's knocking. He's offering. And now then, as the old saying is, the ball's in our court. It's time for us to punt or pass. So, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to open the door and invite him in? Or are you just going to let him stand out there and knock? That's the question. Open that door. Don't be afraid to open that door. Because I tell you what, there is when Jesus is knocking on that heart's door, there is nothing but good going to come out of you opening up that door and inviting him into your life. Thank you all for listening today. I appreciate it very much. And I hope you got something out of it. And I pray that God blesses each and every one of you. And until next time, God bless.